A very warm welcome to Momentum Meets. I'm Alistair Body, Business Development Director at Momentum Broker Solutions. Today, I'm joined by Nigel Bartlett of Bartlett James Risk Solutions. Bartlett James has been trading for five years. So tell us, Nigel, what got you into your own self-employed world? I'd spent all my career in large international brokers. And uh, the latter part, I'd done a little bit with a couple of private brokers. And uh, working in a corporate environment just doesn't suit me. You know, if ever I have to go back out for a job, can we delete this off the internet? Because <laughs> they're going to be saying you said you were unemployable. But um, it didn't work for me at all. I just, I just didn't like the environment. And um, having worked at these private brokers, I watched carefully how they operated, and I thought, you know what, I can do that. Actually, I've got enough experience. I've been around long enough. I can, I can do that. Um, and that's really what what prompted it. I wasn't happy working for anybody. And I thought, you know, I think it's probably time I did something for myself. Um, um, and I think the, the decision was made. One day I just sat there on the M6 and it pouring down around Monday morning. It was an hour and 15 already into a commute that should take 20 minutes. And I says, I'm not doing this anymore. And that was it. I find it quite incredible how often I hear stories from people who have made what is a very rational decision at a very irrational time, if you know what I mean, at, 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 at a moment very, very sim- similar to that. But that was the moment for you, Nigel. It was the moment. And uh, I got in there and, you know, there's all these sort of grey faces in the office, in bleak grey building, and I'm like, I just do not want this. Um, you know, it's not the most riveting of it subjects insurance but i said there's got to be more to it than this so i started looking into it and i did ask you know lots of questions of the guy who owned the business i was pumping him for information but just asking him and he was quite honest and open about his journey and i thought yeah why (laughs) why are you doing this so the next thing i did was i called howard pepper (laughs) and uh, that was it went from there and and the the sort of the journey i suppose in those early stages of when you you just said enough's enough i've got to make that change to actually getting yourself started how did you find that period of time was it quite daunting was it quite uh no it, it happened really quickly well because um if i just try it was 2018 so yeah 2018 um we i remember particularly that winter and spring was horrible so, you know, just grey and miserable. And once I'd made the decision, it just felt like the sun had come out. And I, I called I called Howard, or I'd emailed him. Um, I had a chat with a friend of mine who had his own broker and had sold it and was happily retired at 40. <laughs> uh, and it was like, right, how'd you do it? So he shared a lot of information with me, his business plan. We went out for a curry and we talked about it. And I contacted Howard. And within no time at all, I'd gone over to your offices in Leicester and we'd sat down, we'd had a chat and that was it, basically. This is, you know, you're in kind of thing. Just let me know when you're ready to go. So the next couple of months over that sort of spring and early summer, I'd spent just putting things in place. I'd met with a bank manager who somebody had recommended me to open a bank account, business bank account. 
uh, got myself an accountant, you know, all that sort of infrastructure. Uh, got my friend to design a logo, website, all that type of thing, which he did for me. And um, once it was all there, I went on holiday, came back and said, right, I'm off. And that was so, it. So you set up a business, then went on holiday or not or not quite. <laughs> you weren't quite trading. Well, the business was there. All I had to do was press that little red button, which I did when I got back from Spain. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good summer. And dare I ask, the first day um, is an interesting day when we talk to a lot of people who start up. They, you know, they're used to the nine to five, so they sort of feel obligated to be at their desk at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever it might be plowing away till five o'clock. Do you, do you recall what that first day was like? I do. Yeah. Um, I didn't work from home. I went straight for an office, partly because the Wi-Fi was terrible where I was at the time. And my two sons go to uh, Saturday tuition, maths and English. And um, the guy who has the tuition centre said, look, take a sublet if you want. I don't use it four days a week. So you're more than welcome to use them on those days. So I did. So I rocked up. I got my laptop that I just bought and all the stuff set up and I was ready to go. And I just sat there and like the afternoon had come in along and I was like, yeah, can't leave now. It's five o'clock. It's not five o'clock yet. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just a bit, it was odd, but I just remember it being really exciting. And I was thinking, well, this is it, you know. Um, I remember what Howard had said to me at the time. He was like, you know, the first six months will be the difficult period. If you can get through that with some successes, you know, the chances are you're going to make it past the 12 months. Once you come past the 12 months, you know, you should be okay. So I remembered that. And what time did you leave the office on that first day? Half <laughs> past five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any work. I just, uh, yeah, I didn't have any work to do. So I was doing, well, that's not true. That's, that is not true, actually, because I bought a Salesforce license. So I was busy populating that. And and how long did it take sort of sort of to break free of those, I suppose, those those handcuffs or the expectations that nine to five at a desk is, is the only way to work? Um, I would say about a year. Old habits die hard, you know. It was about a year. Yeah. How does that shape your, your day now? I mean, you know, today you're, you're working from home, but I know the office is incredibly important for you because that's when you you, you get your work head on. But how, how do you shape your day, your week? Obviously, I look at what I've got renewal-wise for the month. So it's kind of shapes around that and what's coming up. Um, obviously, we're in a hard market, so that requires more time and focus, attention than normal. Um, so I, yeah, I'm looking around that really. I tend to be a morning person, which I know a lot of us aren't, but I am a morning person, always have been, uh, up and at them, and then probably run out of steam just like mid afternoon. <laughs> um, but because obviously the business has grown substantially now since I started, and I'm at a position where you're never really off anyway. You know, Friday today will be a good test because every Friday afternoon, guarantee without fail, I'll get three or four calls late on the day where people are just getting stuff off their desk and shoving it my way. Um, so you're never really off. But in terms of being sat there at the desk, no, no. You set yourself up as your own brokering broker business. 
you saw the advantages, I suppose, in the early days is, is getting rid of that commute, getting a bit of financial independence, I would imagine. Um, what were some of the, I suppose, surprise benefits that you've, you, you've gained as a result of this move? If you compared me to a lot of your, um, the ARs that operate within Momentum, um, they will all have probably come from a servicing background account executive type role, account director or handler maybe. I don't think any or many of them have come from a purely sales role. We didn't really have any client involvement beyond the sale. Well, that was me. So it was a bit of a gamble in one respect because I don't have any client relationships to fall back on. Now I was talking to well the one of the ARs, who I'm naming on here, but his wife messaged me the other day and just said, oh, thanks very much for the chat you gave him. He's, you know, he's just signed a load up this week. Now his covenants are out. No, I didn't have that. So I had to do it from scratch. Um, but for me, I think looking at it, it was, well, you've got a finite amount of time, right? You've got an investment that you've made personally in this. Don't blow it. And outside of work, other than uh, a bit of gym and um, picking up children from detention, um, what what else keeps you entertained outside of work? I'm going to start doing a bit more mountain walking again this year. I used to do a fair bit of that. Got a pal at Aon who's very, very adept at it. It's been up the Himalayas and all sorts, but I wouldn't go that far. But yeah, it's nice to drive over to West Midwest Wales and go up Cadder or, you know, uh, mark up to Scotland, try. Ben Nevis, um, yeah. So I like to do a bit of that. Get out in the uh, in the countryside. From the point of view of you starting a business, so you were a new business producer. You weren't, as you said before, the individual that services are booked. But is this something in the DNA of of an individual like you who who is made for starting up their own business? What do you need? Good question. What do you need? Because I was asking these questions myself five years ago. Um, you've got to have an ability to win your business, right? So that's an absolute non-negotiable. That is, if you can't do that, then don't do this because it ain't going to work. Unless you've got rock-solid relationships with your clients that you know will last that 12 months before the covenants expire as in the case I just mentioned to you earlier. If you can survive for 12 months and get through that and those clients start coming in, then that's obviously the other route to take. If you just think, well, I'll have a go, I'm not convinced you'll make it, in all honesty. Um, so you've got, you've got to have faith in yourself that you can win clients and keep them. If you can't do that, then there's just no point in you doing this. What about um, working by yourself for yourself? Uh, interesting. Um, it's great most of the time. Sometimes it gets a little bit lonely, I suppose, if you like. Um, I, I try to pop over to you guys twice a year or once a year, and then we meet up at the conference, which is which is good um by the time that's done and more people doubt anyway so i want to go back to my hobbit hole <laughs> and, and, and not not talk to anybody um but yeah it's nice in some respects that you can just get on 
and do your thing you know you got quiet to work and but I, yeah i miss the banter sometimes uh office banter is better in some firms than it was in others um but name names i mean back in the early 2000s i worked at alexander forbes which lockton yes yeah, lockton now um that was tremendous i mean every day at work was fab it was good fun um but like all good things have come to an end but i've been in other places where they've had more people and it's been like working in a morgue uh it depends who you're working with i suppose doesn't it thinking back through over the last five years um have you made any mistakes and i'm not talking about individual client mistakes or otherwise i'm thinking more about the way that you've you've built your business the way you have yes i have um quite a few um you won't i don't think anybody who's set up a business would say they've had a mistake-free existence but um i think of a couple one i didn't do enough dd on the accountant i was using two of my mates were using him they've got but they were sole traders and this guy was just useless and i mean useless doesn't even begin to cover it so that was the first thing i've got a proper accountant now um and everything runs by the book and it's it's good and he doesn't like them produce unexpected tax bills when i least need it um so that was the first thing i think you're getting your advisors right so you know and the bank there's another one that's interesting because i was recommended to one of the guys there and we had face to face for a while now they changed the model a little bit but i still have a point of contact if i need something and i'll give her a call and she'll sort it out so those are those are two definite things you should really make sure you've got you've got sorted and the other thing is um i went at, you know leaning on people like howard yourself uh, hazel um for advice i don't know how often that happens but i i really value the one-to-ones i have with howard particularly you know sit with him and we'll have a chat for an hour all right it's a little bit of you know people that we know from the industry but when it gets down to it always come away thinking right i'm ready to move on to the next thing um so yeah another mistake i suppose is that i didn't seek out enough mentors to start with and i think that's a really important thing people who've been there and done it because you'll get so much from them if you if you know them and trust them and again my mate who helped me set it up at the start um with all the advice he gave me and we, we meet up probably once every six months we have a curry and we, we chew the fat not literally but you know we, we sit there and we have a discussion around what's what's happening and um, he's always a really good source of information and, and advice i think that's a big mistake if you don't surround yourself with people like that if you were the up-and-coming account exec or what or account director and you're thinking to yourself i need to do this and i want to start my own brokerage um what sort of people should they be talking to because they can't talk to their employer but be very, very careful about who they talk to in the insurance industry because there, there is a lot of ears and a lot of mouths. But um, where would you advise them to go and, and, and speak to? Well, I, you've hit the nail on the head. You've got to go to somebody you trust. 
that's difficult because you can't trust everybody. Like you say, a lot of ears and mouths in the industry. So I was just laughing. Think of a few. Um, I think the best source is to go to you guys. It's treated with confidentiality, obviously, because you've got vested interest as well as the budding AR. And then to come and talk to people like me. Thinking about where you are now, um, I think, um, what was the quote that I think you quoted, you you said the other day, which is about, you know, I work when I want to work or, or when my clients need me to work. Yeah, that's pretty much your sort of motto these days. You work much smarter, I imagine, than you've then 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 not saying you don't work hard, Nigel, but yeah, it's it's about smart. Alison, my grandfather was a coal miner. That's hard work. This isn't hard work. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but yeah, I mean I will I will work solidly through the morning and in the afternoon. You know, it, again it's client dependent if they need me. And then I'm doing it. Um, weekends. I mean, we went on a holiday last year. It was the first time for a few years, obviously, because of COVID. And we was off in Spain. And, you know, generally, you guys fielded most of the stuff with the out-of-office. But occasionally, you know, a client would call. And I'd just sit there and take the call. Where are you? I'm in Spain. Well, you shouldn't be taking this call. I said, well, that's my job. And they went, oh, you know, I'm really grateful to you. You know, enjoy your holiday. We'll deal with it when you get back. It's, it's got to that stage um, relationship-wise with most of them where we can, you know, you can take a bit of time out now. Yeah, and if it's urgent, well, there's there are solutions for that, isn't there? But It's quite funny because the client that called me, she called me three years ago while I was on holiday and they weren't a client at the time. And they became a client while I was away. I remember sending the LOA into Matt and he goes, but the LOA on all day. I says, I know, but fortuitously, they've called me and I've managed to get them to appoint me because I can't sort it out unless they do. Um, and they've been with me ever since. So. When you were making the decision to, to, to do this, did you did you bounce it off the family? And uh, what was the sort of family's response? No, kids are too small, um, you know, so it was just me, really. My, my partner, I did speak to her about it, yeah obviously um she's not in the insurance business at all she's a um, microbiologist and she was like well you know whatever makes you happy that, that's not that's not useful but i know what she meant um and then she came back she said look i had to think about it and there's no earthly reason why you shouldn't be doing this and if it doesn't work out then fine we'll then we'll deal with it i'm like cool there's always another way to look at it isn't there yeah, I think the industry, you know, because I was, you know, she, she, she's pretty, you know, laid back about this sort of thing anyway. Um, but it was the people in the industry who I valued their opinion. They're the ones I wanted to talk to, not the guys who had ridden, ridden the ranks in the big corporates because they wouldn't be able to operate in this environment. They just wouldn't be able to do it. But I wanted to know from people who've been there and done it. Um, and I had two in particular. One of which I mentioned, you know, we meet up once once every six months, and their opinion mattered because I said, "Look, am I barking at the wrong tree?" You know, no, instinctively feels right, but you know me. Will this work? He goes, "Yeah, you should have done it ten years ago." Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> right? Okay. Why don't you tell me? So why didn't you ago? tell me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, why didn't you tell me ten years ago? But yeah, it wouldn't have worked 10 years ago, but yeah, it's a timing issue. But yeah, um, 
I think getting the right people around you, you know, is so important. Was it difficult to start up? Now, when I say difficult, I'm talking about two things here. Is an actual physical process of getting yourself started or difficult for you to get yourself in a headspace to think that this is the right thing to do? Yeah, physically, it's easy. I think the only tricky thing for some people is obviously you've got to go through all the checks and but you know i'd already gone through them because i was a statutory director at a previous firm so i'd already done the approved person test through the fca and it was still valid so that was good um so you haven't murdered anybody and you haven't sort of you know done a done a bernie made off and robbed everybody from the ponzi scheme um so got past all that um getting the bank probably is quite important but I think that's a bit easier these days because banks are looking for new customers all the time. Um, the emotional aspect of it is the thing. Making that decision, you know, and just sifting out the emotions that go with it because naturally you get fear, uncertainty, doubt. You know, unless you're absolutely, you know, the most confident person in the world, in which case you're probably bordering on arrogant, you know, you're going to have some FUD. Um, but once I, I find writing down in a book with a column down the middle, pros and cons, I know it's an old thing, but it does actually help the brain start to disseminate what's real and what's actually a load of emotional noise in the background. And I looked at it and I came back to it a couple of times and, and it was just screaming at me, do it, do it. And uh, so in the end, it became a fairly easy decision. Plus, I was really, really unhappy where I was. So that also helped. It's, it's like jailbreak. Were you still stuck on the M6 as, as you're writing these pros and cons down, were you? Oh, don't <laughs> don't no, miss that at all, yeah. do you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't miss that at all. Now, there was a bit of that, but it was like... Um, yeah, like the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I'm out <laughs> through the tunnel, wait for the lightning, go yeah, I'm sure that wasn't a pleasant tunnel to go down either. But uh, what, if anything, do you miss from your days of employment? Uh, just just the banter with some of the guys that I used to work with. Um, I'm noticing more and more. I mean, I deleted LinkedIn app off my phone because I've deleted most social media apps off my phone. And it's just too much distraction. But I still got it on my PC. So I have to physically log in to go and look. And the amount of people I work with who are retiring, it's quite frightening. <laughs> so-and-so's retired so-and-so i was like wow they're all retiring um but, so i do miss a bit of that yeah i don't miss the commutes uh I, I, funnily enough i don't miss the liquid lunches either no i know they become a bit of a thing of the past but at one point they were like nearly every day um and you go back to the office going oh jesus i want to go to sleep so it doesn't make for a very productive it doesn't doesn't make you much of a family man come Saturday and Sunday either, does it? <laughs> no, no, it, it it really doesn't. Um, yeah, because you you just want to yeah crash. It's no good. But yeah, I do I do miss the, the sort of the banter a little bit. But other than that, I don't I don't miss anything. Working with momentum, what what has that enabled you to achieve that you probably couldn't have without? time um really i mean the broken aspect of it the physical marketing of a risk to the insurance market 
is not something I was particularly adept at because I never did it. Um, I know how to put a risk presentation together because we used to do it in sales, but the actual negotiation and the market relationships, not something um, that I've ever really been involved with. I've been quite twice divorced from the insurance market, if you like, because I was always on the client side rather than the insurer side. But I mean, people like Matt in your team, phenomenal. I mean, you know, I'll sing his praises, but <clears throat> he's one of the best brokers I've ever worked with, and I've worked with some really good ones down the years. Um, but the team you've got who sits behind him as well, you know, there's a willingness there. And like a couple of them have delivered renewal terms, and I've gone back to them and said, look, this is what I'm looking for. I need a bit more than this. This is what you need to do for me, if that's okay. And they've gone away, and it's made them a bit better, dare I say. I could think of a couple of, of them where they've gone, actually, that's really interesting. What? Why do you need that? And I'll explain, oh, God, yeah, of course. And <clears throat> like changes in estimates, for example, because in a hard market, you're always trying to find, you know, the reasons why it's gone up rather than it's just gone up. And, you know, demonstrating growth in a client's business and how that impacts their insurance premium. Client will, will accept that because it's a natural consequence of growth. But just going, well, they've just stuck an arbitrary 9.5% increase on across their book doesn't really cut the mustard. So you've got to explain. I think now when I have my stuff delivered to me and we're always having a dialogue with the momentum people anyway, you know, it comes to me in a format that I go, right, I can use this. It's just like having my own team, but they're in Leicester. That's all. Thanks for joining us today, Nigel. I'm sure everybody who's listened to us will appreciate the insight that you've provided and obviously sharing your journey and, and how you've got to where you have today. You're welcome. Um, we look forward to obviously celebrating your fifth anniversary later in the year, at, probably at our conference, yeah. to be fair, it's there or thereabouts. Um, well, yeah, it's not, not long after, is it? Yeah, I'll let you invite. Well, look, thanks once again. Have, have a great day and uh, we'll catch up welcome. with you soon. Please do subscribe to Momentum Moments wherever you find your podcasts or listen to our website, momentumsolutions.co.uk slash podcast.